Reconnect with CUNY. Whether you are a first-time college student, a parent, a veteran, or an adult with some college credits, there's a place for you to continue your dreams or start fresh. No matter where you are along your journey, the CUNY Reconnect program can provide financial assistance and one-on-one personalized support to get you going. It's not too late to start again. Go to cuny.edu slash reconnect today. It's Hot 97, Laura Styles. I am here with Cast One. Hey, guys. How you doing? This is weird for me. I'm, ne- I'm almost never here. It's important that you're here because today we're celebrating something super special. Two iconic brands coming together for a special collaboration. We have the amazing Craig Costello with us. Hey, hey. Yes, uh, representing Crink. Listen, let me show you guys. We'll show you some little stickers. We'll show you an amazing hoodie that's dropping. Fire. Fire. Look at that. A wonderful blurb. Let me see. About, let me see. Let me hold this up. About graffiti and hip-hop. It's it's really something super special. And when we saw the prototype, we were very excited because, you know, it's important that it's, that we're keeping it really close to hip-hop culture. Graffiti is part of hip-hop culture. And uh, our man, Cast One, definitely dabbled. Oh, I used to... I, man, listen, I love graffiti. Like, And I feel like graffiti isn't spoken about as much as it should be in the hip-hop culture. But, you know, this... I mean, this might be our first collaboration. We've done one other thing up here with, with artists, with graffiti artists. Yeah. This, was, this is a very big collaboration. Like, the first type of product that we've done with anybody, you know? So it's only fitting. It's true. So we're dropping limited, it's a limited number of hoodies, so make sure you get them, but we also have markers. Yes. So can you tell us a little, about, a little bit about yourself, about for the audience that is not familiar, and there's people here that are geeking out because they're so excited about the collaboration, but tell us a little bit about how you started. Um, okay, first of all, thank you for having me, and thank you, you know, for the collaboration. It was, it's, it's really exciting for me because uh, I grew up in New York, and, you know, I'm old enough that radio was, like, really important for listening to expose, you know, getting exposed to new music, really important for hip-hop, um, and probably, like, the earliest exposure, like, where we would, you know, record the radio shows right. and then listen to it on our Walkman, that kind of stuff. So I'm from New York. I grew up, graffiti was already, like, you know, a part of the city. It was, you know, you went out, it was there, it was part of just, like, the landscape. And in graffiti, there's there's a lot of, like, a do-it-yourself culture, right? you got to find the spot, you got to find the materials, right. you got to figure out what you're doing. Um, and that's really ingrained, ingrained in graffiti. And so for me, experimentation and making markers and, you know, you mess around with spray paint caps, you mess around with different materials. And essentially, I'm from an era of of whatever you could find, whatever you could do, you would you would just experiment and try to figure it out, make mistakes and and just learn from it. And then so eventually I just you know, I long story short, I mean I could be pretty long winded about this, but uh I experimented with a lot of different markers uh and came up with my own marker that had a specific style or I, I should go back so in new york people used to make their own markers and write on the insides of trains so on the outsides you'd see a lot of spray paint and on the insides you'd see a lot of markers 
And that had a big influence. And those homemade markers were called mops. And riding on trains, you know, it was, it was, it was kind of specific. You would go to a train yard. You would go to a train layup. You'd go to the spot. You'd do your thing, and then you'd leave. And so I'm not part of the train era. You know, I, I grew up riding the trains, but I'm more of the streets era which is really different. And you had to walk around the streets. You have to have a marker. So it couldn't be too messy. It had to um, be permanent. So a lot of the train inks, they faded in the sun. But you didn't have to deal with that because it was all underground. Right, right, right. So I had just a different kind of, you know, need for for what I wanted to do. So while that was an influence of of making something on my own... I had to bring it up out of out of the underground and onto the street and deal with that environment. And so I just experimented with a lot of different things and came up with with Crink, which is the first ink and markers. Um, and it was permanent. It had its own aesthetic. It was really drippy. Um, it was fat. It was legible. And it was really uh, just very different. There was nothing like it on the street at the time. Yeah, right. Because I remember, I remember seeing it, right, and I'm just like, because I dabbled in it, so I was, you know, I was pretty up on all the type of markers that were up there. And when I first saw that, I was like, well, how, how are they doing that? Like, so we, in turn, because you know, you saying that you have to figure it out and figure this out, we had to in turn try to figure out because at the time you wouldn't really know what anybody was using, right? Right. So. From my perspective, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the tags and everything done with the crank, and I'm like, how are they doing that? And why? So, you know, so we would experiment. We would try. We would take, like, markers and fill them with all types of different ink. Try to, like, <laughs> yo, they used to sell these shoe polishes back in the day, right? Where you could unscrew the shoe polish. It'll be like a little brush. Yeah, we yeah, try yeah. that. But, like, yo, it's not the same. How are they doing that? You know, and it took a long time to get out well, like once the word was out, the word was out. But you, if you didn't know, it was just like, yo, I was so frustrated. Right. Because... How'd you perfect the drip? How do yeah. you have that? Yeah. Right. How'd well, you... that was part of it too. Was basically, you know, there's different there's different types of graffiti, right? But in a lot of it, it comes down to style, right? And like, you want to have an original style, you want to be unique, you want to do your own thing and kind of stand out. So making crank. And making my own marker, which didn't exist on the street, um, you know, I had this like technological like advancement. You know, I had this advantage of people would be like, "Yo, what is that? Right. You yeah. know, what is he doing? How is he doing that? I want to do that." And then they would experiment, and they had to play catch up because at the time there was really no competition. You know, it was just me and my friends who were who were doing that on the street and it so we really stood out and that was huge mm -hmm. for for graffiti so you have the street cred because of it right recognition but at what point did you decide to make it a business like a real legit business so i was i was you know writing graffiti i made my own ink i made my own markers i was doing it just for graffiti i was just doing it to do it that's it there was no business there was no not you know pure graffiti and um that was in the 90s. So I lived in California for a while. And when I moved back, I moved to Manhattan. And I met the 
A Life dudes when they first started. Nice. And A Life, they had a store. They were designers. Um, they knew about marketing. They knew about all this stuff I didn't know anything about. And they they were the ones who were really kind of like, hey, you should sell this. Like we could sell in the store. We could help you brand oh, wow. it. We could help you, you know, market it, etc. And at first, I was like. Who's going to buy this? Nobody wants to buy this. Because I'm also from an era where you didn't buy anything. Right. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for me, I was like, who's going to buy this? It's like, nobody buys this. This isn't what you buy. And they were like, trust us. It's cool. It's interesting. People are going to be interested in it. So really as a creative project, I did it and made... You know, I made a bunch of the, – the first products were just bottles. Sold out immediately. Um, pre, pre like, the way things sell out today. You know, like, it was – this was, like, either 99 – that was probably more like a one. Okay. Um, sold out, made more, sold out, and eventually became really one of the best-selling products in their shop. That's so wild. Um, yeah, it was it was <laughs> for me too. It was really crazy and then it just became this thing that, you know, I was making it in my apartment. Um I was, you know, I touched every bottle, I labeled every bottle, I I did everything myself and and having to learn, you know, and make mistakes and then and then at the same time, A Life, you know, they're a cool downtown shop and this is like you know, the internet of course existed, but it wasn't like it is today. So just coming to New York, people, so many people come to New York, they go shopping and they have their inspiration trips and people started going to A-Life and seeing Crank and then contact, trying to contact me about it to carry it. And it just grew from there and I got into some nice shops and had good relationships with people and it was, it was really great. I mean, okay, so what happened... Um... I'm just curious, like, what were your thoughts when we first approached you? Well, no company is the agency that approached you about the collaboration. I mean, for me, Hot 97, you know, I was like, okay, what's up? Let's let's, <laughs> let's go, you know. I mean, for me, Hot 97 is, you know, it's New York. It's hip-hop. Um, it's, like I said, the radio was a big part of of just me growing up, like, hip-hop on the radio. Um, and I just think it's it's great to collaborate with like local New York brands that have the kind of history I think that we have and share together, you know, and have come up. I mean, graf graffiti. I think, you know, it's it's of course within hip hop. It also stands on its own, but Excellent. the relationship goes back really to day one in New York City. Right. So for me, it's a no brainer. No, it's, it's it's so exciting. I mean, we have a very limited run. So if yep. you are watching this right now, go to hot97.com slash shop. Go to the shop. Uh, well, you guys will be selling it, too, on, on your website. Yes. yes. Snatch one up and get one of these amazing limited edition markers. Definitely a collector's piece. You know, we love a collector's piece. Yeah, it, 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 be careful what you do with it because it's not our fault. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's out for sale. We also have some friends and family T-shirts. I have one. I, I feel bad showing this because it's friends and family. So if you're lucky enough to get your hands on one. I don't feel like friend or family because I don't have one. Fire. <laughs> but the hoodies are definitely for sale. I mean, I just think it's a beautiful collaboration of two iconic brands coming together. Yep. And we're so excited. This is the first of many. Um, Hot 97 doesn't really do merch collaborations like that. But with the agency, no company, they decided to bring that back. And they're very thoughtful 
with the people they want to align with. And I just think it's amazing that it'll, it, it, it'll, it's a learning moment for a lot of people too, or a lot of our younger audience to go back and really learn and take in a lot of the history of graffiti, which I think, like to Cass's point, is not celebrated enough. And it's such a monumental part of hip hop. So it, it is a pleasure for us, you know, to be able to sit here with you and talk to you about your story. And we're excited for these to go on sale. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, so cop one on sale now. High97.com. What's up? It's your girl, Billy B, straight out of Brooklyn. Check out my episode of Four Minutes of Fire. Four Minutes of Fire. Okay. New music premiered every month on the 4th. Billy. Love, love. Roses are red, bitch. I'm Big Billy Blue. I be on my shit. Give a fuck about you. Watch how I move. Got these bitches confused. They can't step how I step. They can't do what I do. Riding my dick, but you ain't making payments. Four bitches Minutes of Fire. A Hot 97 podcast. Reconnect with CUNY. Whether you are a first-time college student, a parent, a veteran, or an adult with some college credits, there's a place for you to continue your dreams or start fresh. No matter where you are along your journey, the CUNY Reconnect program can provide financial assistance and one-on-one personalized support to get you going. It's not too late to start again. Go to cuny.edu slash reconnect today. Mr. C. Mr. C. Step swimming. Jadakiss. EPMD. Eric B. and Rakim. Method Man and Red Man. Lord Tariq and Peter Guns. Yours truly the curator, the lit digital DJ, Funk Flex on the set. Hosted by Nessa, Ebro, Peter Rosenberg, and Laura Stale. 30th anniversary of Summer Jam. 30% off right now. This offer ends at midnight on Sunday. Tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Oh, you thought we wasn't going to get it right? He's on fire. Fire, fire. 